Join us as we explore the exciting past of the grand state of Texas from the archives of the Texas Collection. Host Robert Darden talks with Texas history writers. You'll hear dramatic and often little-known Texas tales. This is Treasures of the Texas Collection. Hi, I'm Robert Darden, and I'm your host for this edition of Treasures of the Texas Collection. You may know that tune, that's Cy Oliver's Opus One. And, according to our guest, Dr. Gene Boyd, it was created for the Tommy Dorsey Band back in the 1940s. Dr. Gene is here to help us understand the significance of this recording and a whole lot more, and to guide us beyond the beginnings of Western Swing. So, how do we begin to understand this really, actually, pretty complex topic? History puts it this way. Bob Wills was the best known of the Western Swing Bands, the one that, that garnered national recognition. However, the first band to actually record was Milton Brown and his musical brownies uh, out of Fort Worth. Um, Milton Brown and Bob Wills were both members of the Light Crust Doughboys. But Milton Brown left that band because he couldn't do what he wanted to do, and he put together a band which represents everything that we understand about Western Swing. It had the rhythm section. It had the front line or the melody section. Um, he played arrangements of popular songs, of jazz tunes, uh, fiddle tunes, country. He played everything. But the deal is he was the first to record his were the first recordings to represent this new style mm -hmm. called Western Swing, which was actually, wasn't called Western Swing. It was just dance music. Sure. Um, and Bob Wills left about nine months or 11 months, actually, after Milton Brown did. He left the Doughboys, came down to Waco, put together the Playboys, and he started to record. Mm -hmm. What we don't know is what was going on with all those other bands, yeah. all the string bands that were becoming swing bands, mm -hmm. who either didn't record at all or didn't record until after Milton Brown recorded. So what I'm saying is you can't just say Western Swing started with Milton Brown or Western Swing started with Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys because it could have started with some band that never made it on on a record. Sure. That's probably true with a lot of genres. Uh, yes. Was this style, this western swing, popular with everyone in the Southwest? Not really. It was more popular with with rural folks, okay. farmers and ranchers who had to leave their farms and ranches during the depression and move into town in search of jobs. I mean, let me give you an example. Uh, my mother was a depression era child. And uh, she listened to all the mainstream bands, and her fav favorite band was the Glenn Miller Orchestra. To her, Western Swing was hillbilly music. Mm -hmm. The instrumentation was all wrong. I mean, to her, it just sounded like a bunch of hillbillies. And hillbilly being a pejorative. And hillbilly being a pejorative term. And the Western Swing musicians were called hillbillies from time to time, and they didn't like that at all. Sure. Now, since dancing was the main form of entertainment during the Depression and the World War II years, there must have been a lot of bands. There were. And the sad part of this story is that 
you know, most of these bands are not even recognized or remembered today. There were scores and scores of these of these dance bands. Mm -hmm. The term Western Swing was applied to this music out on the West Coast as a way of identifying Spade Cooley. Yeah. Uh, in Texas and Oklahoma, this was just this was just the dance music okay. of the day. And there were lots and lots of these bands. And they recorded sometimes, um, but not all of them even recorded. And those that did, the recordings are, are just now being rediscovered and re-released, if you will. So they, they never gained any national recognition, but in their own home territory, they were culture heroes. And I guess at the heart of it all, there had to be a fiddle. Yes. Do you the, have any examples of that southeast Texas swing dance band music with the fiddle at the front? Yes, and, and you mentioned the, the south at, southeast business, and, and I think that's important to recognize that Western swing bands, or these dance bands, took on the characteristics of whatever location they were in mm -hmm. musically. So if you're looking at the southeast area, which would be like the major cities, Houston, Beaumont, Port Arthur, right? Um, those were port cities, mm -hmm. brought in a lot of different music. But it was also, they were close enough to the Louisiana border uh, that they could be influenced by the Cajun style. Right. Um, also, that part of Texas was it was an important blues area, and it was also the part of, of Texas in the, in the Piney Woods area where Boogie Woogie came to be. So you've got the blues, you've got Boogie Woogie, you've got Cajun music, and then there are some bands uh, that really adopted a very an obvious jazz direction, mainstream jazz direction. I think the one thing you don't find very much of in Southeast Texas is uh, emphasis on fiddle tunes mm -hmm. or even country music, per se. That was a hot band. Who was that? That was a group out of Houston, uh, Dickie McBride and his Village Boys. And the Village Boys band was one of the truly jazz-oriented southeastern bands. The Tulsa Twist was actually written by uh, the fiddler for mm -hmm. this group, and his name was Buddy Ray. And Buddy Ray has explained uh, to people that... Uh, the Village Boys Band was too jazz for most of the country folks and not jazz enough for the mainstream jazz folks. <laughs> and, and the reason that they would not be jazz enough for the mainstream jazz folks is that they used traditional country instruments, sure. fiddles and yeah. steel guitars uh, instead of, of trumpets and yeah. saxophones. But that that is a a very mainstream jazz-type sound. Sure. 
One of the cities I think of when you talk about all these influences coming together is San Antonio. I suspect there were, and probably still are, a lot of musical influences there in the Alamo City. Yes, indeed. Of course, that was one of the major cities of Mexican Texas, uh, and there's still a very strong Hispanic influence in uh, San Antonio. But also, San Antonio was one of the major cities of the German Belt. Sure. And so there was a strong community of Germans and Czechs, as well as uh, Mexicans and Mexican Texans and Anglos, just a little bit of everything, San Antonio. And my great uncle was J.R. Chat the Cat Chatwell. Oh, and, really? And he, I have all his music, and he told me a lot of stories about Adolf and Emil Hoffner. One thing you can say about Adolf and Emil, they put together a band that was an outstanding band, and it outlived a lot of other bands from that area. In fact, they were still going into the 50s and 60s and um, making good music and, and selling lots of records. And the interesting thing about um, Adolf and Emil Hoffner, Emil was, I believe, two years younger than Adolf. Um, their father was, their mother was Czech, their mm -hmm. father was German. And Czech was the language that they grew up with in their home. I didn't know that. And the polka music was the music that they grew up with. So Adolf Hoffner brought that into the mix, that, mm -hmm. that those polka music and, and waltzes, and occasionally he had an accordion player in his band, not always, but occasionally. Um, and J.R. Chatwell who was his fiddle man on a number of recordings, was one of the major fiddle men in all of Western Swing. If you think of the fiddle as the trumpet of a mainstream band, mm -hmm. in a mainstream band, your lead instrument is the trumpet. In a Western Swing band, the fiddle takes that role of being the lead instrument. And J.R. Chetwell could improvise chorus upon chorus upon chorus. He was technically very astute. He could do anything at all with the fiddle and had wonderful ideas for improv. This is actually by Emil Hoffner. And Emil Hoffner, I didn't say this, he plays steel guitar. Okay. It's, it's not really <clears throat> an example of ragtime form. Right. Uh, but it is ragtime in its tricky syncopations. It's rag-like. It's more like a popular song, mm -hmm. really, in the way it's formulated. But it gives J.R. Chatwell wonderful opportunities to take solo fiddle courses. And in those courses, he deviates quite far from the original head, from mm -hmm. the original melody that was introduced in the first part of the tune. Was there a focal point of Western swing development, Gene? It's, it's hard to describe focal points, but I guess you would have to say North Texas because that's where Milton Brown got his start, um, and that's where Bob Wills actually got a start. I want to make the point that there were a lot more dance bands in the Fort Worth, Dallas area than just Milton Brown. Okay. Um, and one in particular I'd like to talk about, because this is one of my favorite bands out of that area. Um, this was Roy Newman and his boys. ¶¶ 
Roy Newman got his start as a staff musician on Dallas radio station WRR, which is now a classical station in Dallas. And in 1931, he formed a string trio for that station, and he called that group the Wanderers. And then he enlarged his band, adding a second fiddle player, and most importantly, adding Holly Horton, who was a clarinet saxophone player. And this was the first clarinet saxophone player to play with a string band. And when the Wanderers broke up, uh, Newman kept Horton and incorporated another local dance band, Jim Boyd's Rhythm Aces, and Roy Newman and his boys was born. Now, Roy Newman may have begun with a model of Milton Brown and his musical brownies, but he quickly moved beyond that and created a sound and approach which was more modern even than Milton Brown. And this piece uh, that we're listening to called Rhythm Is Our Business had been released by Jimmy Lunsford, the great Jimmy Lunsford out of New York City, uh, less than a year previous to this. So this is Roy Newman and his boys' version of Jimmy Lunsford's Rhythm Is Our Business. He's a fiddle man in this band. In the band. He's a fiddle man in this band. In the band. Say he's a man that hits them high and makes you think he's in the sky. Rhythm is our business. Rhythm is what we sell. Now, Gene, that doesn't sound country at all. No. That is a, a rearrangement, more or less, of Jimmy Lunsford's Rhythm is Our Business. Uh, it's a 32-bar number divided into two 16-bar sections, and the first 16 bars are used as the introduction and the ensemble out chorus. And the second 16-bar section is repeated four times with different text each time and is the basis for the improvised solo choruses. Wow. Also, harmonically, this number uses some standard jazz chords like major nine chord and Holly Horton solo ventures far from the original melody. Now, so are you saying that some of the North Texas swing bands were more directed towards, I don't know, popular songs and mainstream jazz, jazz arrangements? I guess if they did that, they probably played blues, too. Yes, they did play blues. And they played a fiddle tune every now and then, but I would say the direction of the North Texas group was more towards groups was more towards popular music and mainstream jazz. Okay. Now, back here in Central Texas, I assume there were some contributions made by the bands around here? Yes, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because Bob Wills started his Playboys down here in Waco uh, when he left the Light Cresto Boys. And there were a number of other bands. There was a time when Waco was just the center of dance bands and clubs. They were everywhere. And many of these Waco dance bands um, really did not record. I mean, they were into playing live shows. So it's kind of rare to find a, find a good recording. The Lone Star Playboys was a group that played out of Waco, and, and I found a tune of theirs called Banjo Boogie. Um, and one of the things that I discovered in listening to the few recordings that I could get of these Central Texas bands is they were not so heavily into far-out improvisations, and they were not so insistent on very technical virtuoso playing 
It seemed like they were really into the idea of laying down a good, solid dance beat. And it may have been because Waco was the center of a very rural area. Sure. It just served, Waco served farmers and ranchers in this area. So the people that were being served were really maybe still quite rural. And what they wanted was a good dance beat and a memorable tune. And that's what you get. So this boogie, banjo boogie, sounds a little bit more simplistic than rhythm is our business. Okay, let's hear it. According to those of Leon McAuliffe and the Village Boys or Roy Newman and his boys, <clears throat> I noticed that the Lone Star Playboys play a simpler, more straightforward style of Western swing. Okay. And I'm convinced they do this because of their audiences sure. they're playing for. Playing, you, people dance with their feet. Right. That's exactly. What, I mean, they applaud with their feet. Don't we still have a part of Texas yet to visit? We haven't visited West Texas yet. Oh my. Yes. Um. West Texas, surprisingly, I think Western Swing survived in West Texas a whole lot longer than anywhere else. And that's probably because West Texas is still, to this day, this vast and sometimes empty expanse of Texas countryside. Um, Probably Western Swing bands were more numerous in West Texas than we know, but they simply did not record. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recording was an important playing Dance halls was important. And so there are these rare recordings. You get the idea that here's this vast expanse of Texas and not many bands. There are probably, probably pl- plenty of bands. Mm-hmm. Bob Wills actually headquartered for a while in Amarillo mm. in West Texas. And I would say in West Texas, the major influences in Western Swing music were Bob Wills, because he spent some time there, also, the fiddle tune tradition, because the contest fiddle competitions, uh, that was redundant, contest fiddling made its home in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the competitions were the strongest in West Texas, and it was in West Texas that a unique Texas fiddle style began. Mm-hmm. So what you have in, in dance bands in West Texas, you have the influence of Bob Wills, you have the influence of the Texas fiddle tradition and competition fiddling, and they're more likely to play fiddle tunes or arrangements of fiddle tunes. They're also more likely to play country music, kind of a rural country music, and then, of course, to model after Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. You've got some music selected for us to illustrate this. What you got? This is Hoyle Nix and his West Texas Playboys. <clears throat> Hoyle Nix uh, lasted a long time out there in West Texas. They made their headquarters <clears throat> in Big Spring, Texas, but they, they just toured all around West Texas. The title of this tune is Choose the One You Want, and it was written by Ben Nix, who mm. was Hoyle's brother and also played in the band. And it is quite honestly a, a country song. Okay. It is a country tune. And again, if you make comparisons with this tune 
and this approach to playing and something out of North Texas or South Texas. It's, it's simpler, it's more straightforward. Mm -hmm. It's a country song, the lyric is important, the melody is important, but again, this is in reference to the audience and what the audience is gonna want to hear. Okay. So uncertain I have been since your old love's back again Makes me wonder if my chance with you still stands Oh, now will he win you back again Like the last time he was in Which of us will have to try to understand Yes, there is one you've got to choose claims to have invented Western Swing. They didn't. <laughs> it came to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh -huh. But I dare say that if it hadn't been invented in Texas, it would have been invented in Oklahoma because Oklahoma and Texas are so similar. And, and I think even if Bob Wills had not relocated to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma would have still come up with Western Swing bands. But wasn't there another Wills boy? There was. There were several. <laughs> but the one that we're going to be talking about for this session is Johnny Lee. Uh, Johnny Lee Wills was a banjo player, fiddle player. He started with his brother Bob in Waco. He joined the Playboys in Waco. And when they got to Tulsa, <clears throat> Bob Wills had so many places to play and things to do <clears throat> that he basically divided this big band that he had and he left part of the band with Bob with Johnny Lee and said, here, you keep business in Tulsa going, right. while he took the rest of the band out to California. 
So Johnny, Johnny Lee Wills took that part of the Playboys band and made it his own. Do you have any examples that you particularly like you'd like to play for us? Yes, Milk Cow Blues. Okay, let's hear it. Western swing was amazingly popular and pervasive in the Southwest and the Depression in the World War II years. Yes, indeed it was. It was the music that white uh, Texans and Oklahomans and Californians uh, danced to. Do you think, Gene, that they'll ever make a comeback for Western swing? Not like it was. <clears throat> Western swing is alive and well today. Uh, Google Western swing. And you will find Western Swing bands operating in all 50 states, in Canada, in Europe. It's, it's very popular. But it can't be the same kind of music because dancing is no longer the popular thing that it was in the 30s and first half of the 1940s, for one thing. And the way music is, is exchanged is different. Sure. People don't necessarily go to a live concert or turn, certainly don't turn on their radio for a radio program so much. Sorry, this is a radio program. But yeah, this is different. This, this is, is NPR. This, this is NPR. This is different. Um, people get their music, they download it these mm -hmm. days. And you can download Western Swing these days. But it's just <clears throat> a different climate. Sure. Totally different context. Um, there are some Western swing bands that are still up and running. Mm -hmm. um, some of these are repertory bands in the true sense of the word. Right. They're trying to maintain the older sounds, the older repertory, the older traditions. And then you've got <clears throat> crossover Western swing bands that are crossing over with rock and roll, mm -hmm. crossing over with country music. It's still alive and well, but it can't. It can never be what it was. The world has changed. Next time I'm dancing to a sleep of the wheel, I'll close my eyes and think that I'm in Tulsa in 1946. Well, that would be a good thing to do because a sleep at the wheel really got hold of of the arrangements that Bob Wills used and have replicated those. Wonderful. I hope it continues. Thank you, Dr. Gene Boyd. I'm Robert Darden, Associate Professor of Journalism at Baylor University. 
And thank you for joining us for another edition of Treasures of the Texas Collection. The Texas Collection has the largest collection of Texas-related documents, books, letters, photographs, memoirs, photo- and more. Go to baylor.edu slash lib, L-I-B, slash Texas. Treasures of the Texas Collection has been made possible by generous grants from the Wardlaw Fellowship Fund for Texas Studies and by Community Bank and Trust of Waco. This has been a production of KWBU 103.3 FM, public radio for Central Texas.